So what kind of decisions are you making? I want to know. You right now have joined me here on demand and you are making decisions. This was a decision. How important are your decisions in your life? Well, they're key. They determine everything. So I want you to stay with me today as I take you on a journey to show you how to make better decisions so you can have a better result in your life. Stay with me. I'll be back on the other side of this and we'll pray together and I believe God will help you make better choices. Repeat the topic with me today, please. Say, deciding to have power over your real enemy. Deciding to have power. We have been in a series on decisions, and the question for the year is, how do you cut a new path for your life? What do you do if you want your life to be different? Well, you have to, number one, deal with yourself, build a better you. Then you got to build a better vision. And I went through a whole list of things that you have to do this year. All the sermons are free. You can go online and catch up. And if you really want to be smart, there's something called a sermon map I put up that shows you where I'm going and where I've been. If you go to the website, it's really made, especially rickytemple.com, click on video audio. What do you click on? Video and then at rickytemple.com, uh, you click on video audio, and there is a, what I call a sermon map. And the sermon map tells you all the sermons I've taught this year and it also tells you where I'm going. At least it gives you some hints. Come on, Tana. So that is absolutely cool. Come on. So that is absolutely cool. That is cool. That is, I did not know that was up there. I use it to teach preachers how to preach. Think ahead so you won't be in bondage. And you won't have to worry and wonder where you're headed. At least I, I've got some direction. It may change. But at least I know now. How about an amen, right? All right. If you're going to change the direction of your life, if you're going to put your life on a better path, what you have to do is you have to make decisions. And for the next several months, I plan to make decisions. I plan to teach you about how decisions work and what are the principles that guide you. And one of them is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Take up the what now? Whole armor of God that you may be able. Read that again. Say, take up the whole what? Armor of God that you may be able. Notice that. You put on the whole armor that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Now hang with memory a little bit more. Verse 18. Verse 14, I'm sorry. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with the what? With truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Then it goes on and says, above all, take the shield of faith, with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, Praying always, almost done, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. And then it closes by saying, and pray for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. The man's in prison writing this letter. And his goal is that he may speak boldly. Now, that's more verses than I normally read, but I wanted you to catch the context for a reason. In this story, uh, in, this, in this message, Paul is making a point, a very simple point. 
If you're going to win, you have to make a decision. First, you have to make a decision about how you're going to live your life. And I love the way he starts this whole, whole conversation. And, and his goal in the conversation, let me say it quickly here, is to show you who you really fight and how you fight. Come on, see. Who we fight and how we fight. He establishes in chapter 6, verse 10. He says, first of all, I need you to be strong. Verse 11, but please be clear, you must put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to fight against the wiles or the tricks of the enemy of the devil. For we do not wrestle against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and so on. He wants you to be really clear that your fight is not with your neighbor, your cousin, your friend, your husband, your wife. Your fight is not with your ex. Your fight is not with them. There's something more, more um, dangerous afoot, to foot here. He says you're fighting against an organized enemy. Think about this for a second. How in the world does somebody mess up your family this bad without a plan? I mean, just think about all the people in your family that you know. Maybe they're distant, but you know people, or friends even, that, that have, it's, it's incredible how much strife, tension exists. It's got to be more than just they don't get along. And what he says is this. He says there's principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. Come on, say with me, please. Say principalities, principalities. powers. Rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual host of wickedness. Now, I want you to think about this. This is not just a fight with the devil, by the way. Think about this. This is not just a fight with the devil. This is not just a, a person you're fighting, a being. This is, this is a more organized system. There, there, is a, there is a lot of things that go on in our world that are governed by more than one devil. Now, this is, um, there, there is a a clear theological teaching about there being a literal devil, a person that the Bible calls Lucifer the devil. But he also talks about wickedness and hosts and demons, and there's a whole host. There is a lot going on. It's amazing how when you back up and you look at this, you have to realize, if you just summarize it in one statement, we're fighting an invisible enemy that seems like he's everywhere. It seems like there's, I mean, you're messing up my family, your family, his house, it's everywhere. And so how do you fight that? It all starts with a decision. And the decision is, finally, Paul says, and at the end of this conversation to the Ephesian church, he says, you need to decide to be strong. And here's how you become strong. You put on the whole armor of God. Now, listen carefully. I, I read that, and I want you to imagine what Paul's doing. He's in prison. He's probably chained to a soldier, and he's writing, but he's doing this, uh, this, this, this message, this letter to the Ephesian church with the environment around him in mind. And he looks at this soldier, and he sees a strong person. And so he clo- as he closes out the letter, he says, finally, you guys, be like this guy. Be strong. Be strong. There's, there's an there's a image he wants in their mind. Be strong. And then he says, and if you're going to win... You not only can have to be strong, you have to have everything on. And he starts off with this statement that's profound. He said, I want you to know you're not going to win unless you decide, listen carefully, to put on everything, the whole armor. And here's what that means. You've got to be all in. Everybody say all in. 
there's nothing about being all in. Now, here's what I believe. A lot of people want to win, but they're not all in. They're not totally committed to anything. Listen, I don't believe if, you, if you, a lot of people, are not, they work at a place, but they're not totally committed to the company. They don't really care whether the company profits or not. You can tell when you go to these places and they give you, you ask for one ketchup and they give you 10, they don't care <laughs> because they didn't pay for them. They don't care. They just throw, they, they throw it out the window at you. It's amazing. You know, you ask for one napkin, they give you 50. I mean, you just think, come on now. You didn't pay for those napkins. And in my mind, as a person who understands business, I understand that everything costs. Everything you're sitting on costs. The wind costs. Everything you see is costing us money. And you walk across that, that grass that's cut, that costs. Everything costs. When they came to my house the other day, my son was at my house. I said, you hear that money running out there? They're cutting the grass. That's money right there, money. <laughs> Cutting the grass. Money. They're not out there for free. You have to be all in. Can you say all in? All in. Well, come on, say that. Come in and say all in. all in. See, look, everybody didn't even say it. See, you're not in all in on the sermon. <laughs> One, two, three. That's what I'm talking about. When you say it, you're in. All in. Everybody's in. In your family. You're never going to get far until everybody's in. Everybody has to be in. All in. Everybody's in. Everybody's money's in. Everybody's time is in. Everybody's in. Put on the whole armor. Don't come half dressed. He said, you can't go to battle without your sword. You can't go to battle without your helmet. You need everything. Come on, say everything. everything. And I'm going to talk to you about this for the next several weeks. I want you to understand you have to put on everything. And here's what I believe is true. Now, I want to say a few things. Don't take this wrong, and I don't mean any harm when I say it, but it's the truth. And I don't mean any harm when I say this, but it's the truth. I say, I say it this way first. That'll help me out. Watch this. If somebody gets sick in your family, let's make it you. Who in the world would come and pick you up and, and change your diaper? Who is the world? See, uh-huh, see, you got quiet. The list got real small, real quick. Who in the world would be all in? Who, if you couldn't work another day in your life, if you didn't have anybody, you just fell down. Right, watch this. If I just went down right now, I ain't going down. If I went down right now, Diane would be the one to come up here and, 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 and take me home and take care of me for the rest and serve me breakfast in bed for the rest of my life. <laughs> Diane would be the one. I want you to think about that for a sec. What are you totally committed to? The church, are you committed to this? You're totally committed. Now, I want you to take this right. Do you you participate ever? See, take it right now. Understand? Understand my heart. Take it out. You ever, you just like to come get blessed. You just want to, I'm going to give me a word today. Don't don't give a dime. Now, oh, see, I told you, buckle up. It's okay. Don't mean, I ain't picking on nobody. I'm just making a point. I want you, I, I think about that. There are ministries I watch sometimes, and I say, why don't I ever give them anything? Why don't I ever volunteer? Why don't I ever serve? Why, why, what is it about me? What is it about me? What is it? Why don't I? I, I was, um, I'm on the United Way board, and um, they called me, and uh, the bank, a banker who knows me, they had her call me because she knows, she knows me. You know, she said, Pastor Rick, uh, she said, uh, we want you to consider to be on the board. I said, really? And I said, I said, well, last year they asked me would I do something else for them. I said, well, I don't know you that well. This is what I told them. I said, because I haven't been a sir. I have, I have not been. I've been a financial supporter, but I've never gone to any of your events. I haven't been, so I don't feel like I should, you know, be trying to represent you in that public way because I haven't been. I don't feel I've earned the right to be a spokesman for you. 
Come on, say amen. You hear what I'm saying? That's what I told them. And they were surprised. They said, really? That's how you feel? They said, well, that's unique. I said, well, I, I ain't going to lie. I'm representing United Way. I've never done anything for United Way. That's a lie. You need to tell the truth. Come on, say amen. Right? You're lying, lying, tell the truth. So I said, give me a, give me a year. So I, I hadn't even been to their facilities. I hadn't even been to where they. So I went and they gave me a tour. walked around, met everybody, you know. I said, okay. Then they, next, they asked me to be on the board. I said, okay, I'll sit in here and watch the money and look at what you're doing. Okay, this is nice. Now I'm getting to know you, you see. Now I'm not lying. And then I made sure I'm giving. Come on, say amen, right? You know, matter of fact, I'm going to make sure I up my giving. I got to make sure I'm in the fight. So I'm not pretending and faking. Sometimes... You're not all in. Now, I do a lot of things, and I, and I have my own community goals and things, and I don't have to, you know, get into all that. But, uh, but uh, I, I realize that, that there's a point in my life where I have to admit I am not totally committed to this, but I am committed to that. Here's the question. What are you all in? Where are you all in? Where? Where? Here? Where? At, at some point, you have to admit nowhere. I'm not all in anything. There's somebody that should testify and say, that person is in the fight in this area. I want God to say he's in the missions fight. I want God to say that these are things I told him to do and he did it. I want to be all in. Can you say it one more time? Say all in. All in. Paul said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be what? Able. Your ability is tied to being totally committed. Now, I do think, let me say this is a sidebar. Some churches, they ask for too much. They want you to be there every Sunday. Now, I'm here every Sunday. <laughs> but I understand all of you can't come every Sunday. How many of you, how many of you know? Say, I, Pastor, I love you, but I can't come every single Sunday. Raise your hand. You can't come. Put your hand up to the truth. You ain't here every Sunday. Come on, put your hands up. You're not, all right. See, now that's the truth. See, now that's being honest. See? Now, and I guess what? And there's some Sundays I won't be here. Can we all say amen to that? All, everybody approve of me not being here every single Sunday for the rest of my life until I die. Say amen. 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 Now, you disapprove that now. Remember that. So it's okay for me to not be here, but I, but I come. I'm faithful. The question is, here's the question. Are you, though, at least committed to coming a certain number of times? Are you commit? Where, where is your all in? It might be two times. It might be three. It might be one. But where is your all in? You work three Sundays a month, but when, when are you all in? That, that, that's the question. Paul's point is you have to be totally committed to win, to have the ability to win. And then I love the fact that he says there are four things. Now, there's more than that, but we're going to talk about four today. There's, there, I'm sorry, three things you have to come with, three things. The first thing is you have to be girded about with truth. Paul looks at that soldier and says, okay, now the first thing you need to be is all in. Second thing you need to have, make sure you have is the truth. Be girded about with truth. Around the core of that soldier, he said, there has to be truth. Your core is key to your health. It's really important for you to pause and look at yourself and say, am I honest? If you don't tell yourself the truth... You will never be able to win. You are not going to survive the enemy because he knows the truth about you. He knows you're not totally committed. He knows you're half in and half out. He knows you're up and you're down. He knows where you are. So you need to know the truth about yourself. What is the truth? Be girded about with what? Truth. Truth. You have to tell the truth. The truth about you. Truth about your choices. The truth about your results. Here's how you know the truth. Look at your fruit. This is the truth. You look at the truth. And it's scary sometimes. The truth is, I don't save money. 
The truth is, I don't like to, I don't like being confronted. The truth is, I don't like anybody to tell me what to do. I think it's honest to say those things. I don't like church. Say that. If you don't like it, God ain't gonna get you. <laughs> tell the truth. I don't and say why. It's too long. Okay, that's honest. It's too cold, too high. I don't know what it is. Say, say it. There's something about being honest with yourself. I believe the key to survival, the key to winning, is being honest with yourself. Here's what I believe is a common sin in Christian, Christianity is lying. I believe it's one of the greatest sins in Christianity. And I've been saved a long time. I've been pastoring a long time. I'm telling you, 38 years I've been doing this. I'm telling you, one of the biggest sins we have is lying. We lie to ourselves all the time because we, we, we're afraid to be sinners because we're saved now. So we have to act saved, talk saved, think saved. Act like a person who's, I know God. So now I want you to think, I thought about this stuff that this thing got on me so strong. This thing got on me. said, man, do you know you claim to speak for God? That can get on, that can get on you, can make you crazy, you know, if you're not careful. You up here talking for God, see. You, you, what you say, God told you to say everything you say. And, and you, now my wife don't believe I'm perfect. But if you're not careful and you get into this position, you start, you know, acting strange and thinking you're perfect. I'm not perfect. And I need to always know the truth. I need to all. That's why I should pray. That's why I should stick to the word of God, because I need to make sure I'm speaking the what? Truth. What's the truth? What is the truth? And secondly, not only must I speak the truth, I must make sure that I'm a person who's clear about my vision for my future. Watch what he says. First of all, he says you need to make sure that you, you put on the entire armor. Secondly, you need to make sure that you are truthful. And the third thing you need to make sure you do is put on the breastplate of righteousness, which means do what's right. I need to be committed. Now, I understand that Christ is my righteousness, that he made me right with God. I get that. But when Paul looks at that soldier, he says you need to put on the breastplate of righteousness, which means you're involved in this process. Your job is to strive to do what's right. Now, now, nobody can make you do that. Nobody can force you to make the right decisions. It's amazing how many opportunities there come into my life to do things my way, and I know it's not right. There are moments when I make a righteous decision. To go or not go, do or not do, say or not say. Are you honestly, be honest for a minute, doing what's right? That you, that you, that you know what's right. You're going over there, you know what you're going to do when you go over there. You know what you're going to say. You know, you already know. How many times in your life have you taken off the breastplate of righteousness? Do you even carry it around with you? When you go to work, you only wear it to church. Only the people in this room would have some idea that you are even committed to Christ at all. He said, you put on the breastplate of righteousness. You declare I'm going to tell the truth. And then thirdly, he says something that's just amazing. Listen to how he words it. I want you to listen to this language because it's really important in verse, verse 14. Stand therefore, gird about your wa- your, girded your waist with truth. Stand there for having girded your waist with truth, rather, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and listen to this now, and having shod, the word shod, just think of shoes for a minute, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Think about this for a minute. 
So I want you, I want you to wrap your feet, wrap the word of God around your feet. I want you to prepare your life before you walk anywhere. I want you to be prepared with the word. The big word is preparation. This is part of your shotting of your feet. Coming in here and hearing the sermon. Putting, putting this into your life. People often think that the only time in this whole armor that he talks about fighting is when he talks about the sword. No. He wants the word not only in your hand as a sword, he'll mention later in our study. He wants it to be shod, tied around your feet like shoes so that you're prepared. Let me tell you something. You're not going to win unless you're prepared to win. You're not going to win unless you're prepared. It's all about preparation. I am convinced in my life it is all about preparation. It's about me understanding the truth, the truth about where I am and the goals that I've set in front of me. It's, it's about me saying to myself, I'm clear that I don't want to lose my perspective. I don't want to get lost. And if I'm honest with myself, there are a lot of times I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. Our kids aren't prepared. And they're fighting, trying to do right. But we didn't prepare them. You know, as a parent, your greatest responsibility is to put the right things around their feet. It's not to provide shoes for them. Jordans are nice, but that doesn't prepare them. Let me ask you a question. Are you prepared? The key to me having a peace of mind every day is preparing for the next day before that day comes. Every day, I prepare for the next day. That's a habit of mine. From laying out my clothes to looking at my calendar and the days I don't do that are the days I get things wrong like I did earlier. When you violate one principle and you fail to look at a calendar and you make an appointment, things happen because you were not prepared. Right now, there are things in front of you. And here's a question. Are you prepared for it? Paul looked at that soldier and said, if you really want to win and you're serious about winning, you need to put on the whole armor of God. Next week, I'm going to take a pause and I'm going to show you how you build a future. It's an incredible sermon that will take you a little bit on the side of this message. And then we're going to come back and we're going to finish this out later on in the month. This is called round one. Did you learn something today? Come on, amen. If you learned something, praise God. <laughs> Father, we thank you today. And you can put your Bibles down. Let's all stand. We're going home in Jesus' name. I gave you round two, three, and four. I gave you a sample of them, but I'm, I'm not going to talk about them. You can read it on your own. If you're watching from home, get the sermon notes. It's all there in front of you. It gives you an idea of where we're headed in round two, three, and four. Some of that I'm going to lump together. But the bottom line is at the end of the day, you're going to learn that Paul wanted you to put on everything that you would need to win. But today, truth is at the top of the list. What's the truth about you? What's the truth about your spiritual walk? What's the truth about where you are in your life with God today? With every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I pray for everyone in this room. Everyone is watching from home. Everyone who's watching on demand. Everyone who's, Lord God, in tune with us today. Let the Holy Spirit bring healing to them. And let them hear you today in a fresh way. They need to be all in. 
They don't need to be halfway committed. They need to be all in, in Jesus' name. Unafraid to make a decision. And we declare in Jesus' name that your hand will be upon them. I pray, God, that you would heal today. I pray that you would lift today. I pray that you would educate today. And that people would leave here changed. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Pastor, the truth is I'm not serving God. Not really. I'm kind of drifting a bit. You may be a really good person. You may be trying your best to do what's right, but you have not surrendered your life to Jesus. If you're here today and you want to do that, you want me to pray for you before you leave this building, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm just going to pray for you right in your seat. If you're watching from home, same thing's true for you. Just raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying for. Raise your hand. Say, from what's one, it's two. Anybody else saying pray for me, Pastor? Three. Anybody else? See your hand so I can know who I'm praying for. Thank you. I see you. I see you. Thank you. I see you. God bless you all. Father, I lift up before you every single hand and every heart that was lifted, both in this building and outside of it. Lord, I pray for those who are watching this on demand. May the Holy Spirit touch them as well in a special way. And may this be the moment that they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life today. Let this be a healing moment when my life will change forever and I will never, ever be the same. I speak, oh God, healing to the hearts of those today who feel discouraged because their life is not going where it should go in their minds. But it starts with a relationship with you. So today we surrender our lives to you. And we thank you for, for forgiving us and giving us a chance to start. Jesus died on the cross to free us. And we thank you for his freedom. Can we all say, Lord, I thank you for loving me enough giving me to give me a chance to start my life over my walk over with you can i just say this i want to correct myself look at me for a second i don't know that i want to even i might stop praying that prayer like that you know why i don't think you start over i think you just go higher god knew you'd be where you are today I understand the idea of being born again, but the whole idea, the bigger concept is not that you go back to your mother's womb and get born again, John 3. It, it's, it's, it's that God just begins to blow something new in your life. That from this day forward, you have a new touch of God on your life. Because you were honest, God, today, I realized I didn't have you in the right space, in the right seat on my bus. But now you're, you're at the front, and I invite you into my life. I want to put on the breastplate of righteousness every day. I want to do what's right. I may not know what's right. I may struggle with it, but I'm putting it on. It may not fit well. It may squeeze me a little bit, but I'm putting it on today. And I'm going to put the word of God around my feet, and I'm going to walk out of here changed. Father, I thank you for everyone who's prayed this prayer, and may their lives never be the same. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Okay, we've talked about decisions. We've had a moment now to think about this. So here's the question as we close. Where are you? What kind of decisions have you been making and where are you headed? You know, there's a great question someone asked me some time ago. They said, where are you going? And maybe that's what you need to ask yourself. Where are you going? The decisions you're making are picking you up and carrying you to a destination. The question is, where are those decisions taking you? Let's pray together. Father, I pray for everyone making tough decisions today. Give them peace, guidance, and strength. May this be a moment in their life when they find the courage to say, I need to make different decisions. I speak grace, I speak life and healing to every single person, Lord God, 
who is making important decisions in their life. I thank you for it, and I give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, I've enjoyed sharing the word with you. I pray you come see us in person. If you want to email us, you can. The email address is right there. Reach out to me. I'll be glad to respond. I care. God cares. But you need to make some good decisions. See you next time right here on Demand. And if you like the message, link it and send it to a friend and say, I heard a word that you need to hear. Be blessed. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.